podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor Podcast. My name is Scott and in this episode we're going to be looking at the top 10 defenders to start the season with on Sun Dream Team. In at number one, I've gone for Trent Alexander-Arnold at 6 million. He's currently 25% owned despite his hefty price tag of 6 million. Um, he's got 273 points based on the new point scoring system, which was 106 points better off than last season. Um, and despite starting quite slow last year, he was actually the second highest scoring defender in the game behind Kieran Trippier. Um, I'll go on to explain why I haven't gone Trippier at number one in a little while, but 5.9 average points over the course of the season. Um, and he had an 8.3 average in his last three games. If you can remember rightly, Liverpool had a really, really good end to last season and Trent was instrumental in that. So if they can carry on how they left off last season, I think Trent will be a good own. He got three goals and 12 assists and he also performed fairly well in some of these new point scoring measures. So he had 12 shots on target, 27 big chances created, 78 tackles, which is pretty high considering uh, quite a lot of people like to say that Trent can't defend. 49 bonus points, again, which is quite good. And then 13 clean sheets for Liverpool. Um, just a little reminder, you get one point for a shot on target. You get one point for a big chance created. And then you get one point for every two successful tackles that you make. In comparison to other defenders, uh, Trent actually had the fourth most shots on target. The second big chance is created. And he was second for bonus points. So right up there on quite a lot of these different measurements. Um, joint top for goals out of the defenders. Although there were a lot of defenders that were all joint on three goals. Um, he was top for assists. So he was ahead of Kieran Trippier who had a really, really good season. Um, and like I said, Kieran Trippier, overall for stats and points, he did perform better. But we'll come on to it in a minute. But Tr Kieran Trippier does have really quite difficult fixtures to start off with. Whereas Liverpool's are... Not too bad. So they start off with Chelsea in that first game. Now, it does look like a tough fixture on paper, but there's been a lot of clean sheets and a lot of draws in this uh, fixture. Quite low-scoring games. So it might not be a terrible one to start off with with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Then they face Bournemouth at home Anfield. So that's got to be pretty much as good as it gets. Newcastle away from home. That, that will be a tough one. Then they face Aston Villa at home and then Wolves away. Wolves are in real big trouble at the minute, but that is five games away. So it could... Could be a bit tougher by that period of time, but it's looking on paper a good one at the moment. The thing I really do like about Trent Alexander-Arnold is you're not fully relying on the clean sheet points from him. So you've got 13 clean sheets last season, but he does chip in with so many attacking returns. So 12 assists and three goals. And Liverpool are a high scoring team as well. So you know with Trent Alexander-Arnold, even if the clean sheet is wiped out, there is a very good chance that you're going to score points from goals, assists. And now on this new system, shots on target, big chances created and he performs fairly okay as well for tackles and bonus so with Trent Alexander-Arnold you aren't just relying on those clean sheet points. Another positive with Trent Alexander-Arnold if you remember he had that sort of position change towards the end of last season where he went from being solely like a right back playing into midfield so it's all the rave this season going inverted as a fullback. He was going inverted for this Liverpool side and he was performing better with his attacking numbers so that was one thing to consider as well. The only downside of this is Liverpool have got rid of quite a few of their defensive midfielders like Henderson, Milner, Fabinho. And in pre-season, Trent has been playing as that sort of lone six at times, which isn't as good in my opinion as what he was doing before. But I do think they'll probably solve it. They are looking at getting Lavia in. So that is just one thing to consider. But overall, I do think that Trent Alexander-Arnold, with his run of fixtures, is the best option at £6 million. It's just whether or not you can afford him in your team. 
In at number two, I've gone for Kieran Trippier. Again, an expensive defender at six million, but he performed really, really well last season, especially for a player that didn't have European football. Um, 314 points he would have scored on the new system, which was an 84 point increase on last season. 18% ownership, so people are favouring Trent Alexander-Arnold at the moment, and I do think that is just down to these difficult fixtures. So they face Aston Villa at home first, they're at Man City away in the second game, they then face Liverpool at home, Brighton away, and Brentford at home. So really, really tough fixtures there for Newcastle, but they did have a really, really solid defence last season. 19 clean sheets is absolutely massive. And obviously that contributed to his points, but that just that wasn't just it. He was an absolute star man magnet and he was getting plus seven ratings all the time. Obviously with these new point scoring systems, he's not going to get star man and he's not going to get seven ratings. But actually when we break down these numbers, you can see why he was getting these, these seven ratings and star man awards. So he, he did just get the one goal. He got a massive 11 assists. Four shots on target, which isn't amazing, but then 29 big chances created, 88 tackle points. So a lot is made of Trent, um, of Trippier's um, ability to put crosses in and all that sort of stuff, the assists. But actually 88 tackle points is really, really good as well, or 88 successful tackles. And then a huge 57 bonus points on the new system, which uh, last week updated. So bonus points now are going to have a big impact on the game. So... Obviously, it might be quite tough for Newcastle to keep as many clean sheets as last season, but he's still going to be hitting these numbers. And Newcastle have European football as well to add to the mix. So he could end up with a scary amount of points by the end. Kieran Trippier ended up seventh for highest overall points, which was really impressive considering he didn't have European football. So again, with these, he should hit really, really big numbers. Can the 19 clean sheets be repeated? I'm probably not that sure that he'll do that again. Um, it, would, it was a really, really impressive run that they had last season. Um, these tough fixtures, though, are only for five game weeks. And then after that, they have a really, really good run. So if you do think that he's going to get attacking returns or you think Newcastle will stay solid for some of these and get some clean sheets, it still could be worth considering Trippier. It is just a big cost, six million to consider. That is the power two out of the way. The two outstanding defenders that are at a premium price. We're now going to drop down. There was quite a big difference between these two and the rest of the people we're going to mention. But in third place, I'm going to go for John Stones at 5 million. Now, Man City have a ton of really, really good defenders. They're all quite high priced. Um, and quite honestly, they probably all have a right to be somewhere in the mix. But I'm going to just keep it to one or a couple in this list because we have a real risk of rotation with Man City defenders. Um, and I think John Stones at 5 million, in my opinion, is probably the most nailed, maybe alongside Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz is 5.5 million versus Stones at 5 million. And when I think when you start getting to sort of 5.5 million, you're not that far away from Trippier and Trent. So quite honestly, I think Stones is worth dropping down for 0.5. He's at 21% ownership, so he's the third highest owned defender in the game so far. Obviously, a lot of people still making their teams. Um, he had a higher average points than Kieran Trippier at 4.9. And he was also joint for top goals scored. But actually, like I said, there was quite a few defenders all tied for three goals. 165 points overall, which was a 38-point increase on the last season's uh, points. 
three goals, three assists. He had four shots on target, which presumably most of them were sort of from corners or in and around that area. Three big chances created, which is obviously very, very low compared to the likes of Trippier and Trent. 28 tackle points as well. So again, very, very low. And there's been a bit of a trend that the tackle points are quite high for the fullbacks, um, which is probably quite understandable. And then 14 bonus points, again, is quite low compared to the last two. But then 12 clean sheets is pretty impressive for Manchester City. Now, like I mentioned, I do think that John Stones is probably on a par with Diaz for being nailed, but he is a little bit cheaper. And the only plus side, I think, with John Stones is that he can play in multiple positions. Ruben Diaz always plays at centre-back. That, that is it. Whereas John Stones... If there is another player that has to come in centre-back, at times he played at right-back and inverted. Sometimes he played at centre-back and pushed on into the midfield. Or at the weekend in the Community Shield, they did just play a flat-back four and John Stones just stayed at centre-back. So I do think that John Stones and Diaz are probably the most nailed. Um, he did lack attacking numbers compared to Trent Alexander-Arnold and Trippier. And with his price point, the £5 million, Compare that to Trent and Trippier. I think you're paying for a premium price for Trent and Trippier because they do have those attacking returns and such high upsides. With John Stones and the other Man City defenders, I think you're just paying for potential for clean sheet points. Now, they do have really, really good fixtures here. So they've got Burnley in that first game on the Friday night. Then they have Newcastle at home, Sheffield United away, Fulham at home, and then West Ham United away. And that run actually does continue. So I'll just, I've not got it up on the screen, but I'll just bring it up here. So after that West Ham game, they then face Nottingham Forest at home, Wolves away, and then it gets a little bit tougher. So game week eight, they pretty much have a good run until game week eight, where then they face Arsenal, Brighton, and Manchester United. So it gets a little bit tougher from game week eight, but I do think there'll be plenty of clean sheets between game week one and game week eight. Just to mention a few other Man City assets, obviously they have got loads of different options, but the rotation is a problem. You've got Kyle Walker's in at 3.5, which is a reasonable price. He has, or well, he's been linked to signing a new deal. We wasn't sure if he was going to stay or not. But with Walker, there is rotation. You've got Kanji, you've got Stones also can play there. So I think he's a little bit risky. They seem to just play him for the more... Um, bigger games where like for example Arsenal Manchester City Arsenal had Man uh, Martinelli on that side so he matches him for pace you've got a Kanji as well who can sort of play anywhere across the back 4.5 million is a little bit cheaper but I don't think he's as nailed as Stones they've also got the new signing uh, Gavardio I think he's coming at 5 million again you're just not sure that he's going to start in comparison to John Stones and Diaz he's a new signing he come at a high price so he will be likely to be involved but you just know with Pep sometimes he can make these players have a little bit of time to bed in. So that's why I'm going to go for John Stones at 5 million. In at number four, I'm going to go for Purvis Stupinian from Brighton at 3.5 million. And now I think he's going to be a real bargain for this price. He's at 15% ownership at the minute and he's the fifth most popular defender in the game. 189 points he would have scored on this new system, which was an increase on 80 points. He got one goal and nine assists last season. He's a real attacking fullback. One goal was pretty low. I was actually expecting that to be a bit higher. But nine assists is pretty impressive in that Brighton side. And it's more, it's nearer to the sort of Trent and Trippier numbers. He's kind of, he is like a budget version of those two when it comes to these attacking returns. Five shots on target. 10 big chances created, 72 tackles, which again, quite a bit higher than Stones. 
21 bonus points and 11 clean sheets. And like Trippier though, Brighton didn't have European football and they're going to have it. So we could probably expect these numbers to be bumped up again. Fixtures are pretty good for Brighton as well. So first game, they're at home to Luton. It probably doesn't get any better than that. Then they're away to Wolves, who, like I mentioned, they're in a bit of trouble at the moment. Then they face West Ham. So three really good fixtures. West Ham at home. I think those three fixtures are going to have good clean sheet potential for Brighton. And with Estupinian as well, he can get goals. He can get assists. So I do have, I do really like those first three fixtures. But then it gets a little bit tougher with Newcastle at home and Man United away. But maybe clean sheets might be compromised there. But there's still a chance that he could get attacking returns. So I mentioned those attacking returns. He got the fourth most assists out of any of the defenders. And like I said, he's got European football now, so that might bump up a little bit. He was fifth for big chances created out of the defenders, and he had decent tackle numbers as well. I mentioned the opening fixtures are really, really good. You might want to move him on from after the first three game weeks, but quite honestly, I think he's a good one just to keep hold of. I think he'll rise in price quite well. And a good thing about a stupid name compared to some of the other Brighton assets is he isn't really a rotation risk. I know there's a chance that they will rot rotate him every now and again, but he does seem to be one of the first names on the team sheet for Brighton. So in at number four, Stupinan, 3.5 million. I think he's very, very good value for money. If you're enjoying the video so far, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel to get kept up to date with all the latest Sun Dream Team content. I've already had my how to play Sun Dream Team video out, so I'll link that in the description below. And I've also had the top 10 strikers, the top 10 midfielders, and I'll be doing a draft fairly soon. Um, I'm also partnered with the Dream Team Tonic podcast and we had an episode on Sunday that was live to our Patreon members where we revealed our first drafts and our ideas on how we're going to start our teams. So if you head over to the Dream Team Tonic podcast, you can check that one out. That'll be out soon. They also have a really great Discord community that's really, really active at the minute. We're all discussing our plans for the Dream Team season. So you can find that in the link in the description below. But we'll get straight back to it. In at number five, I've gone for Luke Shaw from Manchester United at five million. Now, felt a little bit harsh putting him this low down in the list, but five million does seem like a lot of money to part with. Again, considering you can get someone like Estupinian for 3.5 million, the fixtures are okay for Manchester United. They start out with Wolves in the first game of the season, which again, Wolves, it looks like a good fixture to target at the moment. Game week two, though, they're away at Tottenham. And Tottenham are scoring plenty of goals at the minute in pre-season, so that, that might be a tough one. But then another good home fixture in Nottingham Forest at home. So potentially in that first three fixtures, I can see two clean sheets, but then it gets tougher again. So Arsenal away and Brighton at home. So yeah, let me know how many clean sheets you think they're going to get in that run. I can see probably at least two, but maybe no more than that. 8.3% selected at the minute, but he does have an average of 4.7, which is pretty good. 220 points he would have scored with the new point scoring system and that's a 62 uh, point increase just the one goal but he did get eight assists four shots on target 11 big chances created and 75 tackle points he scored 29 bonus points and 16 clean sheets man united were really really good for clean sheets last season i think that shaw's numbers probably could have been a bit better if he hadn't have had to play at center back at times as well um, I think that was when Varane was injured. So I do think that he could have probably had a bit better numbers if he stuck to that left-hand side. Shaw was fifth highest for assists last season. Fourth for big chances created. This is out of defenders. Fifth for bonus points. He did have a high amount of clean sheets and decent tackles. And hopefully he will be able to play at left-back and not have to fill in at centre-back so much. 
So putting Luke Shaw in at fifth place does feel a little bit harsh because he did have higher points than John Stones and Estupinian. But looking at the fixture run, I think John Stones has a really, really good run of fixtures. And that Man City team is pretty solid. And then Estupinian as well, for the price, 3.5 million. I don't think you can really compare the two. I think with just a £50 million budget to start with, you have got to look for value. And to me, Estupinian does look better value than Luke Shaw, in my opinion. In at number six, I'm going to go for Ben Chilwell at 4.5 million. He's actually only 5% owned at the minute, so a really quite low-owned player, differential. Got an average points of 4.4 last season, but Chelsea were really, really poor last season. I think it's not very fair to keep an eye on that too much. They've got Pochettino in charge now, um, and they have pretty good fixtures apart from that opening game against Liverpool. So that opening game against Liverpool, like I mentioned, it has been quite a low-scoring game. Um, and Liverpool's defence has been fairly open, so there is a chance that Chilwell could get forward in that game and maybe hurt them on the break. But then they're away at West Ham, they're home to Luton, they're home to Nottingham Forest, and they're away to Bournemouth. So out of that opening four fixtures, uh, five fixtures, four of them look really, really good on paper. And it actually gets even better after that. So they face Bournemouth um, in game week five. In game week six, they're at Aston Villa. Then they face Fulham. And then they face Burnley. So they are pretty good fixtures. If they do have the new manager bounce or they perform a bit better under Pochettino, I think that Ben Chilwell could be a really, really good option. He scored 132 points last season, and that's an increase of 68 points. He got two goals and five assists, four shots on target, five big chances created, just the 33 tackles and 22 bonus points and just seven clean sheets. But we know that Chelsea weren't very good last season. Um, so he does have good potential for these attacking returns. One question I will have is, can he stay fit? Um, you have the same problem with Reese James on the other side as well. Both have really, really good attacking numbers, such good dream team potential, but they've both had injury problems recently. I haven't put Reese James on this list just because I just think that Reese James has been more injury prone over a longer period. So I'm going to go with Ben Chilwell from Chelsea. James is an option and might become an option later in the season. But in terms of starting with him, I think that Ben Chilwell is probably the safer pick. In at number seven, I'm going to go for William Saliba at 3.5 million from Arsenal. He's 31% selected at the minute and he's the highest owned defender in the game. Um, so 3.5 million does look like really good value for him. He got 151 points last season, which was an increase on 61 points. He got three goals, which made him joint for top goals scored, one assist, four shots on target, one big chance created, 40 tackles, five bonus points, and then 13 clean sheets. Now, the numbers aren't particularly great. So in, in terms of points, you did have Gabriel and Ben White both scoring more points than Saliba last season. Saliba was injured for a short period of time, um, which was pretty much what derailed our season, in my opinion. Um, but Ben White, for example, he did score more points, but he's a whole 1 million more expensive than Saliba. I think it's the same with Gabriel as well. Gabriel's in at 4.5. So going for William Saliba from the start of the season does seem like a good way to save budget, but go with Arsenal. And Arsenal have really good fixtures to start off with too. So Nottingham Forest at home, Crystal Palace away, Fulham at home, Man United at home, and then Everton away. So the, the main fixture looks the toughest in that run is going to be Man United at home. And Arsenal's toughest games for quite a few weeks come at home. So 
the home form is usually pretty good so i think that saliba will be a good option for to keep for a long period of time and hopefully will increase in price the numbers aren't great so three goals is okay one assist is okay four shots on target pretty low he's not going to be creating big chances just the one there and the tackles aren't particularly high either or the bonus but i just think with william saliba you're not really looking for attacking returns as such you're just getting the cheapest possible entry into that arsenal defense and he's completely nailed um, as long as he's fit he's not going to be rotated they're not subbing center backs during the game so i just think with william saliba you are getting the cheapest route in to a nailed arsenal defense this is a much more similar pick to John Stones, for example. You're picking the player to potentially get the clean sheet points and have some coverage over that team. It's not like a Trent. It's not like a Trippier. It's not like an Estupinian. Um, you're just getting that budget pick and hoping for the clean sheet points, in my opinion. So low upside from attacking, but you're hoping for those defensive returns. In at number eight, I'm going to go for Lissandro Martinez of Manchester United at four million. He isn't the typical sort of player that I would pick. Um, quite similar to Saliba in that regard, that I'm pick, I'd be picking Martinez for nailed entry into that sort of Manchester United defence. So they have Wolves at home in the first game, Tottenham away, Forest at home, Arsenal away, and then Brighton at home. Um, he's not a very attacking player, so I'll go on to the stats. 194 points, which is actually pretty good. He would have scored on the new system. That's a 55-point increase. Just the one goal, no assists. One shot on target, zero big chances created, all very, very poor stats going forward. But that's not what you're getting Martinez for. 94 tackle points, though, was really quite interesting for Martinez. So not only is he nailed, he plays every minute of every game, no rotation risk. He had the second highest tackles out of any defender on the game. And like I said, you get one point for every two tackles. He was only second behind Malassia um, of Man United as well. So something about Man United makes him good at tackles. He's a very aggressive player as well. 15 bonus points isn't huge, but 17 clean sheets. If Man United can keep a ton of clean sheets like they did last season, I do think Martinez will be a very, very good option. He's 0.5 more expensive than Saliba. So it might be a case of, do you think Man United have the better defence or Arsenal, for example, for clean sheet points? But looking at the Man United defence, it's quite tough to pick someone at the minute. You've either got to go for Luke Shaw at 5 million, which is quite expensive. You've got Varane, who's 0.5 cheaper than Martinez, but you know with Varane, he can pick up these injuries quite regularly. Then on the other side, you've got Wan-Bissaka and Delo, who both come at fairly good prices. Uh, Wan-Bissaka's at 3 million, Delo is 3.5, but they both eat into each other's minutes, where we know with Martinez, he plays 90 minutes, and under these new point scoring system, you get a point for playing the up to up to 60 minutes, and then you get a point for playing over 60 minutes. So I think having Lissandro for 90 minutes, it's not that exciting, but it could be good if they do keep the clean sheets. I mentioned those 94 um, tackle points and Lissandro being an aggressive defender, to say the least. He got 10 yellow cards, which is one of the only other downsides. Um, he's a bit fiery, he does love a, love a foul, love a tackle. So 10 yellow cards, um, that is going to be getting you minus points along the way. But he actually didn't get any red cards, so he, he might be fiery, but maybe he is in control of it. So that is one thing to consider. It might be a little bit of a risk of cards, but I do think that he could be a fairly good option to get into that Man United defence. 
In at number nine, I'm going to go for Ruben Diaz at 5.5 million. Again, he's a great player to have. And if we had a lot more budget or it was like the end of the season, Ruben Diaz would be someone that I'd be considering. But at 5.5, I just think 5.5 is too close to Trippier, to Trent, and I'd much rather go for them. Or I'd just go down to a Stones in my opinion. So I think Ruben Diaz is probably priced a bit too high in my opinion to start off with. He has 10% ownership, so fairly popular. Um, average points was five points. Um, he's the eighth most popular defender in the game at the minute. Again, he is a now City centre-back, so if you pick him, it's not much of a risk. You're going to get an entry and potential to get those clean sheet points. Um, 211 points in total last season. Obviously, Man City did go all the way in well every competition, um, won the treble. So there were a lot more games played. 56 points increase on last uh, on last season's points with the new system. He got one goal and one assist, so you're not getting him for his attack and returns. Nine shots on target, one big chance created, 52 tackles, nine bonus points, and then 19 clean sheets. So really, again, like Stones, like Saliba, you're paying for these centre-backs to get you the 90 minutes, to get you the clean sheets, but you're not really going to get that much attacking upside. And it's the same thing that's applicable for Stones. I won't go on about it too much because we mentioned it. But you've got Walker, Akanji, you've got Laporte, you've got loads of other options. But are they as nailed as Diaz and Stones? I don't think so. And then last but not least, I'm going to go for Lewis Dunk from Brighton at number 10. He costs just 3 million. So unlike a stupid man at 3.5, you could save yourself 0.5 by going for Lewis Dunk. He did have us on edge. He's a really popular pick across other formats of um, fantasy football. He did have us on edge because he didn't play much in pre-season, but he did play the final uh, pre-season game. He got 174 points on the new system, and it was an increase of 72, uh, which is quite high of an increase. Um, and that's mostly down to his bonus points and tackles, from what I can see, because he didn't get too many attacking returns. So he had two goals, one assist, five shots on target. Just the one big chance created, 35 tackles and 16 bonus points. He also got 16 clean sheets for Brighton. Um, he's Brighton's club captain as well, so he's pretty nailed on for Brighton as long as he is fit. And he's got good, a good fixture run, the same as Estupinian. He has Luton at home, Wolves away, West Ham at home, and then it gets a little bit tougher with Newcastle at home and then Brighton away from home. So 10% owned, 4.1 average, fairly good fixtures to start off with. Um, three millions a pretty nice price and I'm finding that quite a lot of people seem to be going for a cheap defence. Um, I mentioned I think in another episode or it might have been on that Dream Team Tonic episode that out of the top 30 players on the new point scoring system just two of the top 30 were defenders. That was Trent and that was Trippier. So that might be a sign that it's not that essential to go heavy at the back in my opinion. Um, Decent for bonus points. He got more bonus than Diaz, Saliba, Martinez and Stones. Where is the captain? I think he's fairly safe for minutes. Um, and he has a pretty high pass completion rate. I think he was above 90%. And that's something that feeds into the bonus point system as well. So not as exciting as Estupinian. Not as much attacking upside. But I do think he's a solid player in what's going to be a good Brighton side that's going to have European football as well. So I think at 3 million, Lewis Dunk is priced very nicely. Now on to some bonus content. So because we do just have the 50 million budget to work with early on in the season, and we have a lot of premiums like Kane, Salah, Haaland, Bruno, Saka that we all want to get fitted into our team. 
A lot of us do want to go a bit more attacking. We don't want to spend so much money on the defence. So I've picked out a few budget picks that you might want to consider putting in your defence. So budget picks. I've gone for Colwill at 2.5 million from Chelsea. There's a few injury um, issues at Chelsea at the minute at centre-back. And that's opened up a space for Levi Colwill. He's only 2.5 million. Um, they did just sign a big money centre-back in De Sassi, I think his name is. Um, what's he listed at? 3.5 million Axel De Sassi. But I don't think that he's going to be ready to start the season. He has only just signed last week. And I think it looks like it's going to be Thiago Silva and Colwill to start the season at centre-back. Now, it is a risk, um, but I do think that he's going to be the one that starts. Maybe you want to avoid that Liverpool game in the first game, but then transfer him in for the rest of that fixture run. Because if you can remember, once they get rid of Liverpool, they've got West Ham, Luton, Forest, Bournemouth, Villa, Fulham and Burnley. So if we can get Colwell as a starting centre-back at 2.5 million, I think you'll easily make profit on him um, and then build up that value. A very, very cheap player that I have liked the look of is Ashley Young, who's joined Everton. He's just 1.5 million. Um, obviously, Everton, they were fighting relegation last season, but they do have Dyche now, who's had a full pre-season. Um, they've had a quite a good defensive record in pre-season, um, kept three clean sheets in their last four, and only conceded the one goal. The downside is Tarkowski's just picked up an injury, and he's a big part of that Everton defence. But at 1.5 million, they can keep a few clean sheets. It could be worth it. And Ashley Young should potentially be on those um, free kicks and set pieces in what's in a strong aerial side. So maybe Young at 1.5 million could be a good one to look at. Aaron Wambasaka at 3 million. I'm not sure 3 million quite counts as a budget pick. Um, is probably the cheapest viable route into Man United. Um, it is a slight rotation risk with Dallow. Um, but he does score really well for tackles and bonus. There is something that's quite a downside on Dream Team this season is you have to play the full 60 minutes to get the clean sheet points. So he can't come off the bench and then for 20 minutes at the end and then get the clean sheet points. But if he does start the game and then comes off after 60 minutes when there is a clean sheet, he will keep the clean sheet points. So it could go against you or it could go for you. But Wan-Bissaka at 3 million could be worth considering. Then we'll go for Pedro Porro from Spurs at 2.5 million. Um, he's a really attacking defender in what is a more attacking Spurs now they've got the new manager in. Um, I'm not so sure on their clean sheet points. It probably would be more for attacking returns. He got 103 points last season, but he was only signed in January, um, which was pretty good. 21 bonus points, three goals and three assists for someone that played half a season. That's really, really good numbers, I think. Um, the only sort of downside is that he... Played quite a lot in pre-season, but Emerson Royale has also been playing at right back. So I'm not 100% sure that he will be nailed. But maybe if you give him that first game and then have a look, he could be a really good pick at 2.5. Then I've got a couple picks from Brentford. I've got Rico Henry and Pinnock at 2.5 million. Brentford have decent fixtures early on and they are a good, strong defensive side. Um, I think Pinnock seems the safer out of the two for minutes and starts. Um... But again, it is a little bit risky and you are going to get risk with these 2.5 million players and below. Then I'm going to go to Matty Cash of Aston Villa at 2.5 million. Another really good value attacking fullback. However, one downside again is that he's not 100% nailed in my opinion. Um, 
I remember Unai Emery from the Arsenal days as well. He changes formation quite regularly and he changes his lineup quite a lot as well. Um, and I had a look at Aston Villa's pre-season and he changed quite a lot between playing sort of three centre-backs or playing a back four. Um, so he did mix it up quite a little bit. Matty Cash did play the majority of the times, but I wouldn't be 100% that he's going to be nailed. If you are looking for someone a little bit more nailed in that Aston Villa defence, I'd say Consa at 2.5 million. Again, less upside than Matty Cash, um, playing at centre-back, but he has started the last four friendlies in a row for Aston Villa. So he might be a bit of a safer pick if you do want to go for a Villa defender. So that is my top 10 defenders and my top budget picks in defence. Thank you very much for watching. If you've enjoyed the video, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel to get kept up to date with all the latest Sundream Team content. I think we're about three days off from the start of the season. So my next video is going to be my draft. Um, I did share my draft with the Dream Team Tonic lads. We had a live stream where we all shared our um, first drafts and discussed them. So check that one out in the link in the description below. And do hit that subscribe button and notification bell to get kept up to date with the next episode. So thank you very much for watching and I'll see you on the next one. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.